ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We welcome you to Gospel Dynamite, a Christian broadcast dedicated to the salvation of the lost and the revival of God's people. I'm Alan Mashburn, your Bible teacher and the pastor of Asbury Baptist Church, located at 218 Asbury Church Road in Seagrove, North Carolina. We invite you to visit our church at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock. On Sunday evenings, we provide online services which can be viewed on gospeldynamite.org. Now please join me in the study of the Word of God. You're listening to Gospel Dynamite. Thank you for joining us. I invite you to take your Bible, turn with us to the Old Testament, Amos chapter 8, verses 11 through 14, as we consider a famine in the land. Amos chapter 8, verses 11 through 14. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wonder from sea to sea and from the north even to the east and they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. In that day shall the fair virgins and young men faint for thirst. They that swear by the sin of Samaria and say, Thy God, O Dan, liveth, and the manner of Beersheba liveth. Even they shall fall and never rise up again. The prophet Amos prophesied during the final days of the northern kingdom of Israel. It was a time of great military power. It was a time of great economic prosperity. It was a time of peace, joy, and happiness for most of the people. Amos comes to them with a message of condemnation. His message to them is one of judgment and condemnation. His message exposes the true spiritual condition of the nation. They're wealthy, they are powerful, but they are spiritually destitute. They're enjoying peace, safety, and prosperity but they're in the midst of a spiritual drought and they do not even recognize it. Amos preaches to them a message that lifts the lid off of their hypocrisy. This message lets the people of Israel know that a time of terrible judgment is coming upon their land. And he wants them to know that a destructive famine is about to fall on the premises. When I read the book of Amos, I can see a lot of parallels between the conditions of Israel then and the condition of our world today. It is not our intention to try to read Old Testament literature and take Old Testament Israel and turn her into present-day America. Hermeneutically, that is the science of the interpretation of the scripture. Hermeneutically, that would be improper 
and untruth if we did that. However, we can observe the parallels between Old Testament Israel and our present world today and point out the similarities and also point out everything that God did to this nation because of it. Now it is true that we are not as prosperous as we once were, but we are still richer than 99% of the rest of the world's population. In the midst of our peace, in the midst of our prosperity and our endless pursuit of personal happiness, we're in the midst of a spiritual drought and many of us do not even recognize it. I want to take this passage and examine the principles that it teaches us about a famine in the land. We're going to notice some lessons that Amos teaches us in these verses because they have something very important to say. Whether we know it or not, we're in trouble. And this passage has some much-needed warnings for us today. First, I would show you in verse 11, there is a catastrophe declared. God says that there will be a famine in the land. A physical famine is a time where there's no food for the people. Famines have happened all throughout history, and they've taken the lives of untold millions of people. In China, between 108 B.C. and 1911, 1911, there were 1,828 recorded famines. In 1846, the Great Potato Famine in Ireland claimed between 1 and 2 million people. In 1932, in the USSR at that time, between 6 and 10 million people starved to death as famine swept through that nation. In 1943, the Bengal famine in India claimed the lives of over 4 million people. In 1959, a famine in China killed over 43 million people. It was a famine that caused Abraham to leave Canaan and go into Egypt in search of food. It was a famine that caused Isaac to do the same. It was a famine in Egypt that brought Israel into Egypt during the days of Jacob and Joseph. According to the book of Revelation, the last days will also be marked by times of famine and starvation, according to Revelation 18 and verse 8. Now, when the famine comes, bodies dry up. Body fat is depleted. Lambs shrivel and people become walking skeletons. Stomachs swell. Faces take on that familiar hollow expression. Disease runs rampant as immune systems are compromised and sanitation systems are completely overwhelmed. There's no food, there's no life. When the food fails, life is not far behind. 
Famines are terrible times of death, deprivation, and destruction. And God says, behold, pay attention, listen up, hear what is being said. He wants these people to know that there is a famine coming and there will be no reprieve. There will be no second chances. Famine is coming and it cannot be avoided. Famines are completely terrible, but we can't really identify with them. We've never been in a famine. Most of us have food enough and to spare. We're totally strangers to physical famine, and we thank God for that. But the Lord has more to say about this famine because not only in verse 11 is a catastrophe declared, but in verse 11, the character is declared. God tells us that this famine will not be a famine in which there's a lack of food or water. This famine will be a famine of the hearing of the words of the Lord. The people will have food, they will have water, they will not, however, enjoy the great blessing of hearing the Lord speaking to them any longer. Amos is not talking about a physical famine where there's a lack of material things. He's talking about a spiritual famine in which the word of God cannot be found. As I read this verse, I see that it can be understood two distinct ways. First, God could be saying to Israel, I will no longer be speaking to you. Or God could be saying, you will no longer be able to hear me when I do speak. Now, either way, what we have here is a catastrophic situation. These people are going to be unable to hear from God. Israel might not have thought this was too much of a curse when they heard it. After all, they cared little for the ways of the Lord anyway. Verses 5 and 6 tell us about the true spiritual condition of the people. They were involved in the feast days and in the sacrifices, but they were bored with the things of God. And they could not wait until they were free to pursue their own true love, which was money. They could not wait until the feast days ended so that they could open their stores and sell their products. They could not wait until the Sabbaths were over so that they could exploit the poor and make themselves rich. They endured with impatience the demands of God wanting only to be free from the yoke of his bondage so that they could do as they pleased. Sound familiar? God's response is to give them exactly what they want. They are sick of the law of God. So he withholds it from them. They are fed up with his word, so he feeds them silence. 
They no longer desire to hear his truth. So he obliges them by taking it completely away. That's a terrifying thought. The great English preacher George Whitfield said, As God can send a nation or people no greater blessing than to give them faithful, sincere, and upright ministers, so the greatest curse that God can possibly send upon a people in this world is to give them over to blind, unregenerate, carnal, lukewarm, and unskillful guides. And so it is when a people refuse to heed the word of God, he will take it away from them. Jesus put it like this in Matthew 13 and verse 12. For whosoever hath, to him shall it be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Now Jesus also said this about the word of God when Satan was tempting him on the Mount of Temptation. He said in Matthew 4 and verse 4, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. If any people are going to survive and thrive, we must be able to get a word from the Lord. And when a people refuse to hear the word of God, God will give them silence in judgment. That perhaps, is a judgment greater than any other. Of course, there are times when people have the truth, but they refuse to hear it. Paul warned Timothy that such days were coming to the church, the New Testament church, the local church, if you will. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. Paul writes to his young protege, his young pastor son in the faith, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Friends, we're living in these days right now. The word of God is being preached, but people Many of them would rather listen to fables. They would rather seek wisdom from someone's ignorant dream rather than the book of ages. We're on every medium there is on the internet. We're on everything except television, satellite TV. And you can look at our viewership, and even though it has grown, but the problem I see, I can look at someone who posts on Facebook or, 
or YouTube or any other medium a dream that they had that is completely contrary to the teaching of the Word of God, and they can claim that they've been given a prophetic message from God, and they can have millions, hundreds of thousands of views, but then you go to someone that actually preaches the truth from the Word of God, and it is minuscule. We're in a spiritual famine. Some people would rather listen to someone's ignoramus dream than hear the word of God preached. Some men of God are entering their pulpits in the land and they're preaching the word of God in power and great glory, but people are turning a deaf ear to the truth and that preaching. And then many times they're walking away saying, I just don't get anything out of his preaching. He may be preaching the word of God, and the problem is not him giving it out. The problem is the receiver. When that happens, God will allow them to go their own way. He will allow them to reject his word. He will allow them to literally starve to death spiritually. And if they reject his truth, there will be no more words from God. And they will shrivel up and die spiritually. When there is a famine in the land, pulpits dry up. Churches close their doors. Congregations wither up and perish on the vine. Hope and blessing and joy vanish away. Preaching becomes empty and devoid of life. Choirs sing without joy in their voices only because of their duty. The Bible becomes a dead book. When there is a famine in the land, the people are left without direction. They're left without hope. They're left without peace. They're left without joy. And it's a time of absolute desperation. But also in verse 11 and also verse 14, we see the cause is declared. It is worth noting that this famine does not have a natural cause. In fact, according to verse 11, God takes full responsibility for this famine. God says, I will send a famine in the land. And the direct cause of the famine is the wrath of God. God is fed up with their disobedience. He is sickened by their failure to heed the voice of his prophets. Thus will God send them silence. He will send them judgment. He will stop speaking to them. And even when he does speak, they will not be able to hear it. We seem to have the idea that people are just walking around in the world and they're just waiting on God to speak to them. When he does, they'll respond to his voice. and They'll run to him. Nothing could be further from the truth. Fact is, a man cannot hear God until he's given ears to hear. 
You'll find that in Matthew chapter 13, verses 10 through 17, where the words of Jesus when he was teaching his disciples, the reason he actually spoke in parables. The ability to hear from God is a gift from God. We hear it when he opens our ears and not before. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14 but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So listen, God is the instigator of the famine that's coming. He sends it upon the people because of their sin. We see that in verse 14. Also, by parallel, we can see it in verses 4 through 6. They were wicked at heart. They were dishonest in business. They were guilty of exploiting the poor. They were guilty of idolatry, and God judges them for all of these things and more. And this passage stands as a warning to our generation. We're blessed in our day to have an abundance of good things abundance of biblical preaching. There are preachers around our area who are preaching the truth to the people of God. And when that truth is heard and heeded, God will bless his people in great spiritual ways. And when that truth is rejected, God will abandon them to their choice. That is why believers are spiritually weak and anemic. That is why there's no power in the average church. That is why so many churches today resemble mortuaries instead of churches. Their worship is cold, stiff, and dead. In other places, there's fire, but it's nothing more than the energy of the flesh. It's not enthusiasm based on the Word of God. It's excitement produced by music or a message that caters to the flesh. Now, stay with me here. When people refuse to hear the Word of God, that word will be removed from them. Either God will stop speaking to that people or he will take away their ability to hear his word. He will either give them silence or he will be speaking to those around them while they sit in the midst of a divine famine, hearing nothing from God. But notice with me in verses 12 and 13. The consequences are declared. When this famine comes, it will produce restlessness and weariness. The people will run from place to place looking for a substitute for the word of God that they are no longer hearing. They refused to hear the word of the Lord when he spoke to them, and now his silence have left them completely famished. So they run from here to and fro, looking for some type of substitute to fill the void in their heart. Oh, they're not looking for truth. They're looking for a placebo. They're looking for spiritual saccharine to replace the sweet voice of the Lord that they're no longer receiving. They become spiritually restless as they go from place to place, from activity to activity, from things to things, from that thing to always looking for the, the new thing. 
And when all they really need, what they really need is to stop and pay attention to the word of God that's already been given to them. This restless activity, according to verse 13, produces a weariness that causes the strongest in the population to become discouraged and quit. They get so fed up searching for substitutes that never satisfy that they simply stop looking. They faint and they give up spiritually. I would submit to you that this is an accurate picture of our modern world. Many in our world have turned a deaf ear to the word of God, and because of that, God has stopped speaking to them. They go to church, but they cannot hear his voice. They become disillusioned with the deadness of fundamental religion, and they drop out. They saw their parents profess one thing and live another, or they got fed up with all the hypocrisy. They got tired of the staleness of the way that things have always been, and they closed their ears and their hearts to the voice of God. There's an itch inside of them that cannot be scratched. They're not satisfied. So they run to the church where there are no standards of separation or dress. They run to the church where the preacher only preaches sermons that are culturally relevant. They run to the church where the preacher preaches sermons, not messages. Messages that do not challenge them to a deeper spiritual walk with God. They run to a church where they, they no longer have to listen to old hymns and the old songs, but they can get caught up in the beat of some contemporary music. They go to the place where they come as they, they are and they leave as they came. They look at the place where everything is about them and their needs and their feelings, and they run themselves to death, running away from the very thing that will give them exactly what they're looking for, the word of God. You see, we're living in a day when churches that preach the word of God are dying. Churches that exalt the expositional preaching of the word of God are seen as dinosaurs in our world. We're out of step with the times. We're out of touch with the needs of people. People want to be entertained. They don't want to be preached to. People want to feel good. They don't want to be challenged about their spiritual life. Most people don't want to be bothered with all that Bible stuff. And God obliges them. He sends them exactly what they want, and he sends them a famine of hearing his word. When he closes his mouth, he stops their ears from hearing, and they receive nothing from him at all. What a horrible place to be. My friend, that is where we are. It is a catastrophe, but it's true. There's a famine in this land. We're living in desperate times spiritually. Desperate times. When people get angry at someone standing up against abortion and standing for the heartbeat of a baby, there's a famine in the land. When people get upset when you pray in the name of Jesus, there's a famine in the land. When the average church member doesn't know the books of the Bible, the Ten Commandments, or how to share the gospel with an unbeliever, there's a famine in the land. We need to pray that God will help us to have ears to hear him as he speaks to us through his word, his preachers, and his spirit. There's a famine in this land, but my friend, we do not have to starve to death. There's plenty available for those 
willing to reach out and receive the Word of God. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We trust it's been a blessing. Trust you'll have a great week in the Lord. Log on to our website, gospeldynamite.org, and let us know if you've accepted Christ or this message has helped you. God bless you, and we trust you have a great day in the Lord.